Yo, what's going on? It is 1 p.m. here in Crystal Lake, Illinois. I mean, it's time for another live stream. Hold on. Can you guys hear me okay? All right. I I think it's time for another live stream. I'm ready. Are you guys ready? Um, today is Monday, February 5th, 2024. Just got back yesterday from Orlando at the U.S. Marathon Trials. I feel like I lived an entire lifetime over the weekend. What a fun time. I saw a lot of you guys down there as well. We got in a group run, which was super fun. And I was running a little bit late today because I'm still trying to put together the runner's weekend video. I only got, I got really delayed. And then I, um, in terms of my workflow, not flights, but I got delayed putting out reels. I didn't get them out till yesterday. I've got a backlog of stuff that I want to go through because I got a lot of like individual athletes as they kind of like spread out through the race. I don't want to make little reels for each of them. Ben Johnson seems to be doing something very similar. And every time I see other people doing stuff that like I kind of also had planned on doing, I'm like, oh, I should have hurried and done that. Now it looks like I'm copying, but I mean, you can't copy if you've already got the footage three days ago. But anyway, got lots of stuff that I'm trying to like catch up on to do all at the same time because I'm just so excited. Um, but it's time for a live stream. I don't want to talk to you guys. So let's see who we got here uh, in the chat. But wait, before we do that, we got to say hi to everyone listening on the podcast on the audio only version. You guys haven't had some episodes in a while. It's because I've been gone and traveling, but I'm here back now. Hopefully you guys are having a good run. And I'm guessing... Uh, in that lack of live stream episodes for you to listen to, hopefully you've been getting up to speed on what was going to be happening at the trials with all the trials content coming up. So hopefully uh, you haven't missed it very much, but it's back here now for you. So I'm glad to be back in your ears. And then for everyone watching this later, but not live, I don't know what you've been doing while you've been folding laundry, but now you've got this one back. So uh, it's good to see you guys again. And thanks for tuning in. All right. Uh, I thought I saw some. All right. Let's see who we got. Uh, Cobalt Blue says, hi, Co. Welcome back. It was great to see Olympic trials race coverage from you and other fans. The MSC broadcast left a lot to be desired. I only got to see parts of it yet. I still haven't even had a chance to look at some of the recap. Um, there was like five minutes when Drew and I had a minute. We came back to my hotel room uh, in between events um, on the day after, uh, on the day after the race, but on that day. And we watched like a little bit of it. Uh, and it was what I saw was wonderful. There was like commentary from Dean Castor on the lead car for a woman and uh, with Kara Goucher in the studio in the studio the that her booth near the finish line and i thought that was part was really good um i'll have to watch the the trials coverage i've been hearing you know mixed reactions on it but going to see it live was really quite amazing um yeah mark says oh man uh yeah after the men finished they just ignored the key moments moments of the women's race so frustrating I mean, I understand that they got to like, you want to talk to the men, you want to get them right there before, like while they're still standing, flags draped over them and all that stuff. But it's like, that was when the race was happening for the women, I have to imagine. So a lot of stuff. I didn't get to see a lot of that stuff either though, because I had to move to position myself near the finish line. So um, I didn't get to see a lot of the big moves either. Um, all right, there was something else from, mm, not that I wanted to see. Um, Oh, um, go running with Otto says, I want to know how much Nike paid man for his first, for the first place bonus. That, that was, that was kind of like the, uh, complete speculate. I don't know anything about anyone's contracts, but the complete speculation was, you know, this was, this was Drew's, Drew's idea. Drew was thinking that those two have been training for a while. And so Connor and, uh, Clayton and his, his theory is that Clayton Young's contract just says make the team and that's a bonus and that Connor Mance's says get first at the trials and get an even bigger bonus and so it's a win-win that's that was that was Drew Wickham's um theory my theory is they both probably have make an Olympic team bonus um but I feel like uh Clayton was being very deferential to the uh more, more of the leader of their training group which would be Connor Mance so although from the workouts it looks like Clayton's doing a lot of leading too. So it's, 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 it's a while. It's wild. It's wild. I, I've never seen a finish quite like that before. Uh, all right. Uh, 
Let's see. Uh, Calvin Huang says, proud of have time of getting 22nd and staying with some of the top 10 guys until he unfortunately bonked. His bonk pace still being under 630s. Yeah, oh my goodness. I was so excited. There, So while Drew and I are watching the race, Drew had his phone streaming the race on, like on the Peacock app, I think. So we're looking at it. And, you know, we're watching the race like you guys are. And you could see the, the ticker on the side of everyone that's on there. And there was one point where I saw Haptabu's name on the, on the screen, and I was like, what? Is this guy going to have a breakout race? Uh, which I feel like he had a really great race. Um, he's, from his um, Instagram post, it sounds like he's a little bit disappointed, but I'm like, head up, man. That was amazing. That was such an incredible race. And um, he was in there. It was so good to see him. I mean, like, he caught me by surprise frequently every time I saw him. So I don't have a lot of, like, long lens shots of Habtamu because he was always way ahead of where I thought he was going to be, you know? So, I mean, I just feel like he punched way above his, his weight class. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, and Mark says, hey, everyone, good seeing you at Orlando Co. It's not 70s in Minnesota on arrival, but I would still get some miles in shorts this week. Yeah, it's still kind of shorts weather, I guess, uh, for a Minnesotan, maybe. Uh, but, uh, I went for a run today. I had a long run on the calendar and, uh, I just wore a regular hat. So I feel like that's pretty warm. I did wear, I wore the Boston jacket today, uh, the new one. And, uh, and I wore mittens. I was still pretty cold. <laughs> uh, Ron Tommy says back from Orlando. I'm watching the trials. Kudos to the city of Orlando on pulling off a fun weekend and the Orlando magic for a fun 5k Sunday. Oh, cool. Tommy. Uh, I'm glad you were able to run that one. Nice. I mean, I do f hope that like, you know, everyone talked about like Atlanta track club lost a lot of money putting on the event. I hope it was a, a profitable event event for Orlando track Jack. Um, and, uh, I guess USATF too, you know, Marty B says first time ever being able to catch a live stream. I'm stoked. Well, welcome. Good to see you. Mm. All right. Let me scroll down and try to catch up with these other guys. Um, Zachary James says, yo, what's going on? My Endorphin Pro 3 came in on your recommendation. Going to get some speed work and a long run in this week with them before my half late this month. This month. Nice. I hope you enjoy and good luck on your race, Zachary James. Um, Calvin says... The broadcast was not great. If they're going to need so many commercial spots, then at least make it a good time uh, at a good time for the runners. Yeah, I feel like it's it's hard to it's hard to figure that out. You know, everyone's going to be watching towards the end, so those are the parts that are more valuable. You know, um, and Daniel Burton said, "I like the broadcast for the Olympic trials." Yeah. So funny story. So I was just telling you guys about how. Um, and I should probably ask her if I could have the picture. You know how I was saying, like, I was, Drew and I were listening to the replay, and we listened to Dina Castor telling Kara Goucher and talking about what's going on in the race, and they were having a conversation about it, and it was really, really good. Afterwards, I'm at this ASICS after party, and Dina comes up to me and goes, look, I have pictures of you. So as, as she's sitting on the lead car, and her job is to be, like, an announcer from the course uh, on the on the broadcast, she had time to take pictures of me as I was running by, uh, as I was running along with the women. <laughs> and so Dina Castor on her phone has a picture of me running with, holding my big camera in one hand and my GoPro in the other, trying to catch up uh, to the, the lead pack of women at mile like, uh, I think that's about mile nine of the race. So <laughs> it's really funny. And then I also had the chance to meet Jeremy Rivera this weekend. She's from Florida, Florida and Orlando. Um, and she has a clip of me at right around the same spot where D Dina has a picture of me on her phone, um, where, uh, like I'm across the street from her and then the race was in, in the street in between us. Um, and I'm trying to catch the women and they're really fast. And, um, Dina said to me, she's like, I saw you running and I'm like, Kofusi's got wheels. He's keeping up with the women. I was like, you know, that's my, their, their race pace is like faster than my 5k pace. So I'm not really keeping up with them, but like for short bursts, maybe, you know, maybe. <laughs> uh, man. 
Jay says she's got a picture of a guy taking pictures. Yeah. <laughs> and Julian Adam says, wow, what? That is awesome. Yeah, it was it was really fun. It was really fun. What's funny is that like um, also like, so I saw, I saw Dina was telling me, or I had talked to her earlier in the week and she was telling me she was going to be on the lead car and she was really excited about it. And I'm waiting at the starting line. I got there super early. It was like me, Matt B. Um, I eventually drew Whitcomb and Chris Chung. We were all there. Just kind of camped out in different spots by getting on our, on our spots. And um, it's kind of quiet. There's a ton of people at the start line, both sides. But it's quiet and they've got the lead car. It's like a little smart car with a little thing on the back so people can sit in it, you know, um, and be outside of the car but still getting pulled by the car. You know, so you've, you've seen, you guys know what I'm talking about. And it's really quiet. And then Dina's getting in and they're moving that car into position. And I'm just going, ladies and gentlemen, Dina Castor, everybody, check her out. She's on the lead car today. <laughs> so I was trying to embarrass her a little bit. Um, <laughs> so it was super funny. And then the woman next to me, who is very clearly like somebody's mom, goes, who's Dina Castor? And I'm like, oh my goodness, you, you don't know Dina Castor? And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm really new to marathon. I'm like, well, welcome. Running is awesome. Dina Castor is one of America's best marathoners of all time. She held the American record for a really long time. And now she's going to be announcing from the course on the back of that car. She was telling me that she's really excited about it. So I was telling everybody about Dina Castor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Let's, we got some other questions. Uh, Cosmic Final Michael says, I thought the broadcast was good, but it's even more fun to re-listen to the Sidious Live watch stream afterwards and hear all their wild predictions in real time. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, Drew's here says Dina is so talented and that's amazing. Yeah, she, she's, she's a multitasker for sure. <laughs> uh, CV76 wants to know, were the bottle stations chaotic? Runners were missing their bottles. I did, I, I did not get to be at where the bottle stations were, unfortunately. Um, there was one spot where we were where there was extra little bottles of closed bottles of Powerade, like the little ones, and then sponges. So I, was, I saw that, but I didn't get to see like the bottle situation. Um, I think that, I think the, um, I told my sister this cause my sister used to work for NBC sports and I told her this several, and I'm not going to say that I'm the reason why, or if my sister even relayed the message, but I told her at one point, I'm like, you know what really annoys me is that they never show the athletes getting their bottles on the broadcast. That's a really important part of the race. It'd be like if they never showed pit stops in F1 racing, it's really important to see what happens. And she's like, oh, really? Why? I'm like, they're, few, they're refueling. It's important. So hopefully they're, I'll, I'll have to check out the replay to see if it was um, chaotic. Um, SP says, favorite meal in Orlando, Co. Uh, Drew took us to this pizza place. They had pizza slices, pizza slices as big as your head. That was good. I don't remember what it was called. Um, but I, what I liked about it is like, it's Orlando pizza. I'm not saying there's a such thing as Orlando style, but it wasn't trying to be like New York style. It wasn't trying to be something else. It was just like, hey, we're going to let you pick of any of 25 toppings and put it on these giant sheet pans of pizza for you, you know? So that was pretty good. And then he took us to a place called Tin Taco. I think it was called Tin, tin Taco, like aluminum, Tin, tin Taco. Uh, I think that's what it was called. That was really good, too. Drew says, uh, one of my friends in Orlando has Connor's first bottle that he dropped because she was working station one. Ooh, that's fun. Fun, fun, fun. Uh, Calvin says, do you know why the bandit athletes had logos taped? Was it just like a fun bandit unbrenton mentality or was it mandated? I don't know. Uh, I didn't notice that because I thought I saw, I'll have to look. I don't know what you're talking about now that I think about it. I saw him on the hats for sure. I'm trying to think if I've noticed. I thought I saw it on Hop Tamu's singlet. I don't know. I'm not sure. Mm, Thomas Deng says, Go, Olympic trial video coming soon. I'm working on it. Uh, I, you know, it goes chronologically. So I'm on to Friday now. So, um, but that should be able to get that through that pretty quick. And then Friday, and then, you know, then in there Saturday. So this one, I think like I'm going to do a lot more voicing over. You know, just explaining stuff and giving more of my thought rather than just showing you guys, giving you more thought process. So like that makes it harder to work on because then I have to be in, a, I can't just like tonight, I got to take my 
daughter to like rock climbing and like i'll probably work on more reels and stuff there rather than than the video because for the video i need to be somewhere with it's quiet and i have this microphone you know so uh, Zach James says, I love seeing Pumas showing in the women's top standings. DBA Nitro Elite 3 looks to be special already. Yeah, I was really surpri surprised that, um, I think it's amazing, and I've said this before, um, about on my women's marathon trials reel that I made, that's like, yeah, I, I know that like Puma was involved in running in like the Usain Bolt era, but like, they real like if you think about them making running shoes, like no one was paying attention to them until maybe like four years ago, five years ago, maybe. You know, so it's still pretty recent. Before then, like the shoes that they made looked like basketball shoes that they told you were running shoes. They were really weird. Um, and I don't think that they were serious. And then they were like, Nope, we're revamping the entire line, we're introducing nitro foam, and we're signing Molly Seidel. Like all that stuff was happening, you know? And so, um, yeah, now they've gone from like, we have to start over to last, I mean, already they sent Molly Saddle to the Olympics and then now they're sending two more to the Olympics. Really cool. And I was, I, I, I thought I had seen, I thought I had seen Dakota Linworm doing a lot of workouts in the Fast R2. I thought that's what she was going to be racing in, but um, no. You want to know another funny story? So another funny story. Um, we're, uh, it was like me, Drew and Ashley, I think that's what it was. We're at, we're at, we're at a bar afterwards and Ashley, who writes frequently about sunglasses and loves sunglasses is like, we got to find out what sunglasses Dakota Linworm was wearing. I'm like, I'm pretty sure they were pit vipers. She's like, no, similar, but I'm pretty sure those are not pit vipers. And I'm like, do you want me to see if I can ask her? And she's like, yes. I'm like, you want me to ask her today, the day she qualified for the team, if what her sunglasses were? She's like, yes, please. So I'm like, okay. I'd already messaged her earlier today to be like, you know, congratulations, an incredible race, all that stuff. So I sent her another message. By the way, my friend really wants to know what sunglasses you have. Uh, and she sends a message back, not only, and this is, I mean, this is like a Minnesota nice, right? Not only did she send a message back telling me what sunglasses they were, she's like, ah, oh, they were just a cheap pair on Amazon. She sent me a product link so I could directly get to it right away. So I'm gonna order, like I had to order a pair too. <laughs> but I think, like, I'm like, what, what? How does she, I mean, like, how do you even respond to that? I'm sure she's got like a thousand people messaging her and that she wants to say important things back to. But she was so nice, then she took time out of her day to tell me, <laughs> Which sunglasses she had? Oh, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, okay. So some some people are saying that like the bandit thing could have been logo size. Who dictates logo size? USATF or NBC? I'm pretty sure it's USATF. And by USATF, I mean Nike. Haley Anderson says, I think logo size is a USATF thing. The number of logos matters too. Yeah, I think for a while. So like Fiona O'Keefe, I forget what that logo is. It looks like a P. It also looks like lanes of a track. Like a logo that size or Dakota Lindworms. She has a Minnesota Distance Elite like patch on her singlet or on her top. For a while, they, like they had to fight to get those on there. Like, and not for this trial, it was an earlier fight, but I think there was something that USATF had to relent to let them do, you know? Mm -hmm. Kevin Hong says like, um, did she send an Amazon affiliate link? I kind of want to ask her, be like, hey, do you want to set up an Amazon affiliate link? And then I'll, I'll share it. That way when people buy it, I, you know, I mean, like, does she care? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I haven't asked her yet, but I would love to be able to do a follow up interview. Um, I'm sure she has like a million interview requests already, but yeah. <laughs> mm 
Mark Peterson says, I was with Mark when he did this. Mark says, I took a screenshot of Dakova Strava follower account and she finished a race. She had 2,001 followers and as now she's up to 3523. Nice, nice. I was, I was expecting more. Louis says, as much as I was on the lookout for aerial shots of the trials, this time I couldn't find Co on any shot. I'm I'm very glad that I, I don't like being in the shot. Um, and actually, there's a photographer that uh, I've become friends with who was on the bike for the men. And I was like, he's like, I'll look out for you when I'm out there. And I was like, please don't. <laughs> I always try not to get in your shot. You know, like that's like my biggest thing is that like I don't want the guy that's on the motorcycle to be annoyed at me. Some some races I've seen, they have this weird like quad ATV kind of thing that they have people use or whatever. Sometimes it's like a scoot, a giant scooter, like not like a little like not like a Vespa scooter, but like a Honda like six hundred fifty cc scooter kind of thing. And they'll have those, or sometimes it's some sort of like motorcycle type of. You, a lot of times it's electric these days. Um, and so he was on. He was like, like, like send me a signal if I'm in your shot or something. I'll I'll make sure I'm I'm watching. I don't think I was ever in a shot. So, Carlos Griego says, Fiona had been training in Albuquerque here just a few weeks ago. It's cool to see her do so well. Hey, does anyone know? So like Fiona's bib was filthy by the time she finished. Does anyone know why that happened? I'm looking through all my footage and I have... Shots of her and her bibs clean, clean, clean. And then on the finish line, there's like, it's like red. I'm like, did she spill a, like a chocolate gel on herself? And then I'm like, did she have a nosebleed? Like, was she bleeding? Like, I don't know what happened. Does anyone know? Uh, Daniel Estrella says it was nosebleed. Byron Elbit like, looked like blood. That's what I, that's kind of what I thought. I thought, well, either maybe she got a gel all over herself and was just like wiping it, you know, on her shirt and it just happened to be like over her name on the bib. But yeah, Sega Dreamcast says chafing. It didn't look like chafing. It looked like something really big spilled. And Stevie 76 said blood and vomit everywhere. Um, and Timothy Wright says, I heard Fiona had a gel in a sports bra that started chafing. Is that what it, no way. Oh wait, oh, Kurt says her coach said gel chafed through her bib and sports bra bled through to the bib. No way. Oh, see that's a question. Is anyone asking that, that question? Are the are the podcast interviews out yet? I don't know. Mark says, I thought nosebleeds happened more infrequently in dry air. Florida is not known for that. That's why I thought it was a bit surprising, but I was just like, I don't know. You're you're overexerting, you know, people are DNFing left and right. I could easily see it being a, just like your body's just like bursting at the seams, literally, you know? I don't know. I hope, I hope someone asks her about it. I would like to know. Um, but it looks like, yeah, someone someone said the coach said something. So it's out. The information's out there. Um, Scott Cosmo Pineapple says Scott Fobble dropped out due to stomach reasons a few minutes after the broadcast mentioned his pre race routine. He's eating one and a half packets of pop tarts. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. He looked like he was struggling early. Uh, I was surprised because we saw the start and then um, we saw them at mile nine. So here's another thing that happened. Uh, we were going to go to the other side of the course, cutting underneath the highway. There's like an, there's a couple of underpasses that looked like on maps that they were open for pedestrian crossing. And there's there's a sidewalk and roads and like normally on a normal day you could walk through there, but also they weren't going to be closed off by the race by in any way. But we're leaving. We're Drew and I left the the start line and we're running over and trying to get underneath one of those bridges, um, and the security didn't let us go through there. So we would have we wanted to go from like bounce on different sides of the loop, just basically two blocks one on side of the highway to the other, um, but they wouldn't let us go there. So I didn't see the race again until mile nine. And by then Scott Fobble was like not even in the chase pack. So it was, it was a, it was a surprise. 
Vanessa Martinez says, Fiona keeps Bibb's bloody because she slaughters the competition. I love that. I love that. Oh, <laughs> it is the souls of her competitors. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. That's so funny. Um, you guys are amazing. Daniel Burton wants to know, Co, was it humid there? Uh, I mean, it wasn't humid for spectating, but I was very, I was warm. I'm not just comfortable. I was warm. Uh, we had run the, and you guys will see it in the, um, in the runner's weekend video. We had run a loop of the course. Me, Drew, Megan, and Bromka had, had run the eight mile loop. And we finished right around 10 o'clock. And it was warm. I feel like it was similar temperature and humidity. Um, so like it was not part, I mean, it didn't feel particularly humid, but it was definitely warm. And when there was, I was yelling at people, uh, like when, cause the roads were wide enough where sometimes there was shade on one side of the street and not others. And people weren't running in the shade. I was yelling. I'm like, run in the shade. It's hot, you know? Um, so it was, it was a little bit humid, but I don't feel like it was like the humidity got you. It was, it was sunny and it was warm, you know? SB says, I plan on doing the same thing under the highway crossings. I'm pretty sure they changed the map the day before and removed the cross zones. Bummer. Yeah, I was super bummed about it. But, you know, I, I tried to have a good attitude about it. And you know what? Security should change and sometimes be responsive to things. And sometimes things that you can plan on don't end up being things that you could do. So, you know. Um, video says, a kind of Quebec got fourth at 40 years old. Such a gracious guy. Comes through in COVID and his finish line interview and serves in the army. Incredible. Must be the spinach. He does He does love his spinach. He, do you remember that from the interview? He does love spinach. And when when I had, I had breakfast with him once, he was, just, he was just like, I just want to get as much spinach in as possible. He loves spinach. Um, maybe that's a secret to running at altitude. Um, but he got passed at like, with like 400 meters left to go. I mean, it was in the home stretch. So that was, that was hard to see. And I, and it looked like he kind of let Leonard career go, whether that was, whether he had any control of that, who knows? Um, but I remember thinking that like Drew and I were watching him and at one point it looked like he had taken the lead. Um, but then he had dropped off and Drew's like, well, maybe he's just trying to regroup and then he'll make a push. And I'm like, I don't know that that's his running style. So I felt like he was making a move, probably trying to break some people and then didn't work out i don't know but it was it's tough because i'm i'm like why are you just gonna give it to him just because you're not in only one and two have the standards you know i didn't know what was going on you know frank says uh i'm still a little grumpy i got getting fourth in my 5k yesterday i didn't actually train for it but still i feel for elkana and mclean yeah jess mclean amazing coming in fourth unattached or what is unattached is the word, right? Unaffiliated, unattached. Um, hopefully she gets picked up pretty soon, you know? Dan Hebron says, you know, they had repaved asphalt in many sections, which made the running surface extremely hot. I don't think I noticed that in anywhere that I was on the course. But like, when we when I was there for the finish line, you know, so that would have been like noon to like twelve thirty, you know, like I guess closer to one at that point because the women didn't step off till ten twenty, and so if they're coming in at like the two thirty mark, that's almost one o'clock. When so they rounded the corner and had m maybe seven hundred meters left to go. Um, when they rounded that corner, it 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 just looked it was like there were zombies coming through it was it was hard it was hard to watch you know D david hamar says any truth to the rumor that you had the balloon ladies show up to the at the run club speed workout i don't remember seeing any balloon ladies were there balloon ladies they might have been there but they weren't there for us i don't know what balloon ladies are but yeah
B-Doc says, you know, I think it was dependent on the security slash police officer. I saw people crossing at certain places and getting denied at others. Yeah, we tried it like two or three. We thought that might be the case, but they all, they, they were telling us as far as the security goes that like, basically like something came through on their radios like 10 minutes before we got there. So basically like right after the women start to say close down the underpasses. So maybe there was some sort of threat or something that they had to worry about. Jonas X says, what was your running, walking, travel shoe of choice for the weekend? So the shoes that I brought were, the first thing I did was I went to a Hoka event. So I brought a pair of my Speed Goat 4, the This Is Never That collab edition to wear to that event. And then uh, I wore the, let's see what else did I wear? I wore the Rebel B V4s. That's what I wore kind of like most of the weekend. I brought a pair of the Cumulus 26s with me. And then I brought the Puma Fast R2 for the speed workout. So those are the four pairs of shoes that I brought. I feel like I probably should have brought more because I always dislike going to one brand event in a different brand shoes, you know, but what are you going to do? I do think, though, that's why I got some weird, maybe that's why I got weird looks when I went to Brooks. I feel like I got a lot of weird looks whenever I went to Brooks. I went there a couple times. JJ and Sienna says, did you notice anything different at this even than your usual major marathons logistics wise? Uh, yeah. So like, again, there was a lot of closures that happened that people were surprised about. Right. And so one, we talked about like going under the bridges, like we couldn't do that, even though we thought we were going to be allowed to. The other one was there was the loop that Hoka had made around Lake Eola um, that I was going to just use that for the shakeout run or the the group speed workout but like uh the night before someone came to the relay podcast and was like hey i was just down there they closed part of that loop down and so like that also affected our loop and basically like that morning the following morning like tracksmith was out there with all their athletes and they were surprised about it hoka who had made the loop and had turned it into like a contest um, and their location was across the street from the lake. They were surprised and didn't know about it. And so, and I saw a lot of other just like training groups that had a bunch of people down there, you know, like run, like run clubs and stuff. They were also like, what, wait, what do you mean? What is this club? Why is it closed? So there was just a lot of stuff like that, that kept changing. Um, but otherwise it just, it felt very much like a major marathon weekend where it was just like, I saw like the brand people that I know, you know, and I was just like, Everyone was there. It felt like TRE, just without the showroom floor in a lot of ways. So it was good. <laughs> David DeFranchi says, Co, are you a little salty that that uh, that Clayton let Connor go first? You got an extra point on the fantasy team? Uh, I mean, I think it's fine. I don't I don't think I was gonna win anyway. I'm not good at fantasy sports. I've never been good at fantasy sports. So uh, I, I just I really like the story that those two guys are, you know, they're they're uh, They're getting after it like every day, you know, they're doing all their workouts together and uh, they had talked ahead of time About how wouldn't it be great if we're number one and two coming through on the finish line, you know, and then it happened like it's just It's it's, uh, it's amazing So Al says, did I hit up the Waffle House? I did not make it to Waffle House. I did not eat enough this entire weekend, that's for sure. I'm very bad at eating. <sighs> I mean, the only time I ate was when Drew basically was like, hey, we're going to go eat. I was like, that's a good idea. And then when I wasn't with Drew and it was mealtime, I never ate. I ate at Track Shack a couple nights, though. Basically, every a lot of dinners I ate at Track Shack because Track Shack had events at night that I just ended up continuously going to. Yeah. Uh, Timothy Wright says, I feel for CJ, CJ Albertson. He definitely could have got top three if he was able to see how close he was to third and fourth earlier. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, um, when I think about CJ's race, I felt like he was in a chase pack the entire day. And so I, I want to say it feels like one of those things where, like, his, was he fifth? His fifth place finish. I'm not to say that's not impressive, but it wasn't as close as it sounds. You know, I don't know. I really thought that he was going to have a breakout day. 
not that he hasn't broken out before, but I just really thought like these conditions are going to be great for him. And it was surprising to see that it didn't feel like he was a factor in a lot of the race, at least from what I saw. I didn't see the whole race. Uh, and then James Hilston says, how about that race from Zach Panning ran? Absolutely gutsy performance and so much fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it, out watching him throughout the day, it was, it, to quote my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies, you're either incredibly smart or incredibly stupid. And so he's doing a lot of the work in this race early on. And I'm just like, everybody's just letting him do that. And I'm like, but did everyone forget that he had a heck of a day in Budapest where it was like 10 degrees hotter? This guy can run in heat. He knows how to do it. And so I, I was like, he's either a genius and he's just going to run away with it with no one challenging him really, or it's going to blow up in his face. And I feel like if I were Zach Panning, it feels like he ran an undisciplined race, but I'm also like, if you're Zach Panning, that's absolutely, you roll that dice that way every time. You know what I mean? You do it that way every time. So given his past history, you know, so. Mark says, greetings from Orlando, co-fam. Good time seeing you, Mike, and others this weekend. I spend most of my time on Saturday at the Hoka Watch Party, which happened to be at my favorite downtown bar. Oh, that's cool. It looked like it was a lot of fun down there. Um, looked like there was a lot of people. So it was good to see you again, Mark. Thanks for coming out to the group run. Mm. Uh, David Hammer says, uh, the balloon ladies are the ladies that sleep, sweep the slow runners at Disney races. I didn't see any of that. I didn't see any balloon ladies at the group run. That would be funny, though. Oh, Cosmic Pino Michael says, did everyone see that Tracksmith is giving out $100 credit if you PR at a race in the next couple of months? I'm, 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 a, I'm aware of this. So I got, it should, it should be here soon. I have to check my mail. I have to check my PO box. But I got a message from someone at Tracksmith after uh, my Houston PR, and they're like, hey, $100 gift card is coming to you. And I was like, usually you just guys send me the shorts. But that's what I was thinking. But then he's like, we're doing a promotion. So since you PR'd in Houston, we're sending one, sending you one. I was like, oh, okay. So I'll talk about it more when it gets here. But yeah, it's pretty cool. It's nice. <laughs> Dan, Dan Herbrun says, balloon ladies at the trials would be savage. Uh, I mean, I didn't see the last people finish. I didn't stick around for that. But um, there is a sweeper. They're usually, they're on, there's someone on a bike that sweeps for the men and sweeps for the women. And someone who was not being swept on the women's side, there was a woman that's like seven months pregnant. She was moving. I don't, I don't know how she finished. But I got out some footage of her running. It's amazing. And that's the toughest one I've ever met. Not that I met her, but it's pretty incredible. And last time, too, there was a, a, pair, of, a pair of women that were very pregnant last time and they ran together. It was super fun to see. Kevin Wong says, it's interesting on the consensus on the terrible laces on the CLX one. Wonder how Hoka decided to go with those. So, <laughs> Uh, it's it's really I, I think that's really funny I feel like I feel like people are really mad about the CLOX one and I feel like it's unfounded I have it I have it here I've had it for a while um I like this shoe we can talk about it more if you want I I do like this shoe it's I think it's fun um is it a little bit heavier than I like a little bit it's not as heavy as a Prime X um which I ran in today but um like people were talking about the laces. I didn't have a problem with the laces at all. And like, I was talking with the designer and she was, she was like, oh, we, we know it's heavy. She was like dejected. And she's like, I oh, you know it's heavy. And I'm like, it's a little heavy. I think it's about the same way as a fast R2. 
It's actually, I think it's a lot heavier than the Fast R2. It maybe it is. But I was like, I have thoughts on it, but you guys feel like you're really hard on yourself right now. I was, I was trying to give him like a pep talk at that point. I'm like, oh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty good, you know. Um, I'm like, I ran a threshold workout in it, and I, I really liked it, you know. Um, but like, yeah. And then there were so I was at the Believe in the Run and uh, Sidious Mag event with Hoka, and then like the the designer was talking to Robbie, and she's like, "Good news." We're going to do an inline change and we'll change the laces later on in the year. And I was like, the laces aren't a problem. I don't, I don't, I don't know why everyone's so mad about the laces. And Robbie was mad about the laces, I think. And Megan is mad about the laces. And I'm like, but Robbie's always mad about laces. And you know what? And I told Megan that I'm going to tell everybody. So she knows. When we ran a loop around the course, eight miles, we saw... It was so that it was me, Drew, and, and Peter. We were at the rabbit shakeout first, and then we drove down to the course and we started running around the loop. And we found Megan. And we're like, Megan, join us at a stoplight. She's like, All right, well, if I'm gonna run with you guys, I gotta really tie these shoes, to, you know, because they're probably gonna get untied because she's wearing the CLX one. And the whole eight miles, she doesn't have to stop and she doesn't have a problem with her laces at all. So it was fine. So I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's up with the laces so martha says i thought connor and clayton were going to hold hands and finish in a tie together i would have loved that i think that that would have been great that would have been a good story too but really fun uh jonas hack says anyone know why mance was in alpha fly twos i thought he was in alpha fly ones i you know what here's the thing as much as i love looking at shoes and notice a lot about shoes like when i'm out there running around i don't see the shoes like i i'm just trying not to fall you know, but someone was saying that Mance wore Alpha Fly ones. I know, like Galen also ran in Alpha Fly ones, like the original launch color Alpha Fly ones. He's told me before this is his favorite color because it reminds me of Oregon, him of Oregon. But um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if anyone's interviewed Mance about the shoe choice. And Brett McIntyre says, "Did you have a chance to stop at the Hayden House this week?" I did. It was big. It was impressive. Um, they had probably the most elaborate setup. And I also thought was really cool. They had a part of the hype house. They did stuff specifically for trials qualifiers too. If you wanted a haircut and you were a trials qualifier, you get a free haircut or you get glammed up for your race, you know, which I feel like uh, it seems kind of weird, right? But then have you ever read like um, Bravey, the book Bravey? You know, she talks about how like since she didn't have a mom growing up or for a lot of her time growing up she like just didn't know how to prepare herself her hair for like a big race you know and so I'm like all right well maybe someone really just needs some help you know they didn't have a plan and now that brooks is helping them out with this and there was like a uh, a qualifiers lounge which i really wanted to go in and i was hoping that someone from brooks would be like Oh, hey, Kofuzi, can we show you around? But no one did. And I didn't want to just like walk in there. Um, but apparently Drew did. Drew decided he was just going to walk in there. <laughs> and so Drew has footage of the athlete, the, the qualifier lounge, but I don't. So. Hmm. <laughs> All right, Tony Messias says, Panning had his nose in the wind for around 20 miles. I really want him to hold on to at least third. Yeah, I know. That's such a hard way to run. It's a hard way to make the team, you know? Um, Mark Peterson says, Who is the runner they highlight on the broadcast? I was running on treadmill with heat lamps and pots of boiling water to simulate the Florida heat. That was CJ Albertson. And I just think it's so funny that, like, um, like people hate People, old school people in running hate talking about shoes. They absolutely hate talking about shoes. And they're like, it should just be about the running. Like what's going on in the race? Who's racing? Everyone should just have equal, equal footing and like they should just be able to run. But what do they do? They spend like minutes talking about the chicken coop. That's what CJ's been calling it. He's got heat laps in, lamps in there and he just 
he boils water and then brings it in because humidifiers apparently don't get it humid enough in there. And then he'll go sit in the sauna afterwards. And so they spent a lot of time talking about that, but God forbid if they talk about shoes that they're actually wearing on race day. <laughs> I think it's amazing. Um, JJ and Sienna says, did you see anyone running out there in a shoe? You didn't think anyone in the trials would be wearing? I didn't see anything unusual. Um, at, Cause like in Budapest, there was a dude, I forget what country it was from, but he was racing and doing well um, in out of zero SLs. And I was like, good for you. That's amazing. Um, but I feel like I just saw race shoes out there uh, for the US trials. Timothy Wright says, Nike usually doesn't care what shoes athletes race in as long as they're Nikes. I don't think Connor got the Alpha Fly 3 until later on, but some pros prefer version 1 still. Connor Mance has been testing the Alpha Fly 3 at least since for over a year. I don't know if we're talking about, I mean, like he's had prototypes because he raced the half marathon 2023, so a year ago in the Alpha Fly 3 protos. Um, I remember filming him. And doing that, so he's had it for a year. So it's not a, it's not a, a lack of familiarity. Mm. All right, let me scroll down and catch up with you guys. I've been rambling for a long time. Mark Peterson says, "I'd I'd like I'd have liked to see someone flexing wearing the all gray like New Balance nine nineties. <laughs> well, that would have been amazing." Um, and uh, Daniel Estrella says, "M Sisson was wearing the older Pacer, right? I don't know. I'll have to go look to see if in my footage. My understanding is that she's wearing a I don't, I don't know. So like Meta Endurance and other people that make the shoe podiums and stuff like that have been listing her as running in a Pacer. I don't think she's ever raced in a Pacer ever when she set." her marathon record when she said half like i don't she's running in a modified shoe and i i don't know what they're calling it you know because they have to submit it along with the name a lot of times it's like new balance it'll be like prototype or development shoe is what it'll be listed as but I, as far as i i've never confirmed but as far as i know she's not running in a pacer like that it's you get off camera it's not it's not a pacer um it's not a sea elite it's something in between is my understanding so and my understanding was for this race she was gonna i don't know where i where did i hear this i don't know where i heard it but it was going to be an updated version based on the new modified off the new pacer that she's gonna be running out i mean i again i don't get i can't see the shoes as i'm filming them but I'll look, but I don't, I don't think it's a pacer. It's not just like a regular pacer you can get off the shelf. Mm, Ricky has a question about watches. Do you feel the Garmin 255 Music or the 265 is a better overall bang for a buck than the Coros Pace 3? Yes. Because until they fix the pace lag thing, I don't want to run with a foot pod anymore. So like, unless you want to get the Coros Pace 3 and the foot pod, there's a lot of lag in your instant, instantaneous pace in the Koros. I'm not saying Garmin doesn't have one, but it's not as long as what's in the Koros. And so I just, if you just, if you want to, if you want like a bang for buck, bang for buck, get the pace three. You'll be, you'll be happy enough. But I don't, I don't like the pace three. Yeah, Daniel Estrella says, it must be nice having that one of one. I mean, I, I think it's not that different than like the Evo ones from a, you know, there's probably the same number of shoes. Uh, Andrew Scott says, Co, what shoe do you have the most fun running in? Uh, I'd say like Nova Blast 3, 1080 version 13 is really fun right now. I am, I am really enjoying the Rebel 4. It's fun as well. Um, not as fun as I feel like it could be, but fun. Deviate Nitro 2. All my favorites. Those are the ones I have fun in. Matt Byer says it's a version 1 pacer upper with a version 2 midsole outsole. Is a straight pacer though? I just feel like that's 
like why wouldn't they just give it a pay? Why don't they just? They had pay, Pacer twos at TRE. You know, it doesn't make any sense to do that. JJ and Sienna says, "Do you know if at races like this they have USATF peeps at the finish line and they measure shoes?" Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I know that a lot of races you have to, especially ones that are, that say that follow World Athletics rules, they will have equipment submissions before and after, and so you have to show like, and I'm I would imagine for something that's like this that's sending people to the Olympics. Um, that it's a similar situation where they're probably will be measuring them afterwards. I don't know if they measure them or just verify that it's the same shoe that they submitted before. So like the time that the guy got disqualified at Valencia for running in the Prime X before he submitted an Adios Pro 3 and then afterwards they looked at it and it was a Prime X. So there's like a, they look at it afterwards. I'm guessing if you win or are on the podium. But I don't know for sure if, if at the trials they had that. I would imagine so. Sega Dreamcast says, Sisson totally did run in the original Pacer. Runner's World article has a top 10 of each group's shoes. Wild. I'm almost certain she's never raced in a Pacer, a regular Pacer before uh mark says no one was wearing the audios pro evo ones were they i did not see any evo ones unless they were painted to look like audios pro threes but i saw audios pro threes there weren't that many adidas athletes that was a surprise i don't know if that's a reflection of like adidas's investment in american distance running or a coincidence or or what you know Oh, Dan Herbron says, Herbon says, shout out to Megan Crifton for running seven months pregnant. Entire crowd was surprised the first time she ran, ran by and went absolutely nuts. The crowd went by every time I saw her go by. I only saw her twice, but like every time I saw her, like everyone was super excited. And she was moving. She was, she was not, and she was not in last place. There was another runner who had like her entire leg taped up, like KT taped the, like the entire leg who was uh, running with the sweeper. Fantastic says, the, the trials athletes don't get any finisher medals, right? They don't. And um, yeah, I've mentioned, I mentioned this on threads. I'm like, if there's ever a race where I would want everyone to get a finisher medal, it's the trials. You know what I mean? They only give it for one through three, but I guess it makes sense. Get ready for the Olympics because the Olympics, you don't get a finisher medal either. You know? to Olympics. So. Mm. All right. C1 Park says, yo, were you out at Persimmon on Saturday night? I thought I saw you there, but I wasn't sure. I'm pretty sure that's where I was. I was at somewhere else later in the day that I have no idea where that was. It was in a basement somewhere. But I think it was, I think it was called persimmon. Drew, if Drew was still here, he would know. All right, we got a PR for today too. Jake Staple says I PR'd in the 10K this weekend. Barely made it under 40 minutes at 39.44. But you got it. Great job. Nice work, Jake. Oh, I need to update my 10K PR. Kevin Wong says, you know what? No finisher medal, but if they're unattached, they get a pair of Hyperion Elite Fours. That is true. So last year at the trials, um, Nike gave away a pair of, because it was in that weird time where they were changing all, like amending all the rules and stuff and like reasonably available was a big deal and stuff. And so uh, Nike to avoid it and in a really brilliant marketing move, uh, gave every trials qualifier a pair of Alpha Fly Ones if they wanted it. Uh, this year, fast forward four years, um, Brooks has given out the Hyperion Elite 4 to every qualifier who wants it. I, I would I would love to know how many they gave away. 
Marcin Boole says, what's a budget shoes for Marathon 3.30 time? Too much to decide. I think if you can find the Endorphin Pearl 3 for a discount, that'd be great. Uh, starts at 225, so it's cheaper than other ones already. Um, you could probably also race in the Deviate Nitro Elite 2. It's not typically like considered a race shoe, um, but it is a speedy shoe that for 330, I think would be great. Um, so those are two options for you. That one should be on Mega Sale at this point. David Baker says, Kafuzi, when are you coming to South Africa to run Comrades? I do really want to run that race at some point because I feel like South Africa is one of those run crazy countries and I want to experience that. And I feel like the best way to experience that would be Comrades. I don't know. It's not, it's not currently on the plans, but we'll see. It's something I'm, I'm, I want to do. Daniel Estrella says, just saw a McLean post, no coach, no sponsor, and has a full-time executive director position at a nonprofit. Someone sign her. Um, you know, she was interviewed right after the race about it, and it doesn't seem like she's super eager to get signed. But she her her response was more the lines the lines of like, if there's a brand that wants to do something a little bit differently than the way brands do things now, hit me up. And so I thought that was intriguing, and I'd love to know more what she thinks about that. But the feeling if she signs, she's probably gonna sign with Nike. William Wong wants to know: Did you secure your place for London? Not yet. So I got now that the like, trials is over. I feel like you can, uh, you know, shake some trees, see what falls out. You know, so hopefully we'll get there. I'm training as if we're gonna get there. So yeah. Kevin says, does that, does that mean she doesn't want to do like ads or promo? I'm thinking she doesn't want to do like, here, we'll give you free gear and kit um, and maybe pay for travel to a couple of races in exchange for like apparel, footwear, eyewear, exclusivity with a certain brand. You know what I mean? That, that's what I take that to mean. Um, I take it to mean she'd rather do something that's more like Wazelle. Um, but I'm guessing, I don't know. I don't want to put words in her mouth. I don't know her at all. I, I didn't, I wasn't aware of her before Saturday. Um, so I'm intrigued to learn more, you know, but I do feel like there's that tier of like just barely signed pro athlete that a lot of the brands, certain brands more than others treat in the way of like, well, you should just be happy to be here and be affiliated with us. And so, take your 10 pairs of shoes a year and singlets and, and kit and be happy. I think that there's a lot of that that exists. So. Mm -hmm. TV 76 McLean signs with Kofuzi Run Club. I, <laughs> I've thought, I have thought about that at some point. I'm like, eh, at what point, you know, I'm cause I'm like, you know, in a wild dream, you know, like, what, what, what if this becomes like if, if my channel got as big as say like Nick Bears for some for some reason, I don't anticipate that happening. But if it became that big, you know, or it, you know, or like let's take it to the wildest illogical possibility, which would be like if as big as like Mr. Beast, and I'm just like I got money to throw around. How funny would it be to have like a YouTube team? That would be, I mean, I think that would be the fun most fun team to watch. You know what I mean? I'd find, I wouldn't, I don't love the idea of making people move to be in a training group together, but I'd love to find some people that want to be in a training group together. Have like a, a hype house, if you will. Uh, and, you know, or let them do their thing from wherever they are, but just document the heck out of it. You know, I think it's just be a very fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that'll ever happen, but, you know, I, it's, not, it's not like something I haven't thought about. You know, <laughs> I mean, we did the workout the other day. That was really fun. So, you know, I'll have to buy like a stopwatch and a whistle and like a clipboard and a hat, you know, there you go. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think that'll ever happen, but wouldn't that be, that wouldn't that be something? Oh my goodness. The people that hate talking about shoes during races would absolutely detest talking about the YouTuber influencer 
pro team. <laughs> it would make people very mad. People are very mad. Vanessa says, you know what? I want to see a large pregnant person's running team. Vanessa, that could be you. Because if a dude makes that team, I think people they think that'll be weird. So Vanessa, you go you go for that. We can maybe like cross we can collab, you know, but I don't think that could be my team. <laughs> Uh, Calvin says, Co's athletes would say, please, Co, let us do something different. And Co Fuzi would say, no, get on the line, six by six minutes at threshold again. <laughs> that would be kind of funny to make people run the same workout all the time. Oh, all right, man. That was a lot of fun, guys, but I got to get going. Uh, I'm working on getting that Runner's Weekend video as soon as possible. Um, so tomorrow, hopefully there'll be a video for you to watch. Hopefully by tomorrow. But um, if not, I'll be posting stuff on Instagram and, and things like that. And I'll see you guys tomorrow. I'll try to do an unboxing. I haven't hit the, the PO box in a while. So we'll get some stuff to unbox. It's Tuesday. I feel like, well, let's play a game tomorrow. We'll do some trials trivia from some fun stuff that I saw over the weekend. So we'll do that. Let's play a game tomorrow. Same time as today, 1 p.m. Central Time. Hopefully I see you then. In the meantime, be safe out there, everybody. Thanks.